welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, your go-to cloud podcast of Amidus Technologies. I'm Sindhu Priya, today's host. We were in a hot discussion on the topic Kubernetes cost optimization with Govardhan MK in our previous episode. Hi, Govardhan. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to be back. Yep. Okay, great. So we spoke about common Kubernetes cost optimization challenges and a few best practices earlier. So let's proceed from there, Govardhan. Uh, we often hear these two words when we come across uh, any topic on Kubernetes, clusters and containerization. So how can the businesses leverage these two for optimal costs? Actually, both are interrelated. We build cluster, clusters and containers. So to, to give a brief on it, uh, where these containers is useful, right? You, you are making, you know, the biggest chunk of an uh, application that needs a lot of dependencies, a lot of operating systems and infra in an encapsulated form so that it can be easily deployed and transformed from one environment to another. For example, you build a container, you have an infra in AWS now, you just need to put it to some other vendor or in your okay. on-premise, you can easily able to transport it rather than that, you know, building a, so much of uh, infra around the application or uh, you're making your application dependent on libraries and uh, environment specific, uh, uh, what do you say, uh, dependencies on it. So that's where okay. this container is started. So cluster is nothing but, it's a part of Kubernetes where uh, where actually uh, you house these uh, so-called container in, or uh, application in the form of enforce, which is nothing but containers and orchestrated. So the basic, the basic start point of any Kubernetes is building a cluster which is like a mothership, which has the control of worker nodes. Worker nodes is where the application is being run. And cluster is where actually this uh, a total control plane or controlling mechanism exists. So you know, typically, uh, based on the load, based on the workload, as we speak, you know, the ports, if it is able to meet that load, it's fine. If not, it need, it's supposed to, you know, scale. It can be, you know, creating a number of replicas with the help of a uh, vertical uh, scaling or in case of horizontal scaling, you need to push up the resource limits of each port, right? In some cases, what happens is you grow so much, like you know, started with a small uh, boutique and you come up and retail website, which is which is available only in certain part of the country. But when it goes global, it doesn't support the existing world, right? In that case, you build a number of nodes, which is under a cluster. If that exceeds beyond that, you build clusters in a wide range of regions, which is nothing but the distributed mechanism. So coming to the cast part, as we are discussing it, as we discuss just the basics of what is a container in a layman terms and how the cluster has been coming to the picture, because as they are related in it. So coming to the cast structure, as we scale, you know, we, we may lose the track of, you know, how we actually we need to go about the clusters maintenance, how many clusters we need, uh, if if so many clusters has been needed, who decides that and what basis we decide that? And after that, how we are going to execute it in a cost-effective way? So I split it into three parts when you're coming with cost management with clusters. First is who decides how many clusters needs, right? It should be a data-driven. Once you have the particular monitoring system on the resource limits, and uh, and you have gained that insights and that connected to an cost basis explorers. For example, each cloud provider, I assume that you know these are run in a cloud-based environment. Each cloud provider, like you know, we have uh, uh, AWS Cost Explorer or Azure Cost Management and Google Cloud-based, whatever it is, they will they will give you know certain kind of a breakdown, which which is not that uh, uh, 
uh, helpful in all the cases, but they do have a breakdown of resource utilization. So once we have the insights of resources, so what it's been doing, to map that insights with the resource breakdown of cost, that would be the second ideal point, you know, where you can tell that, you know, my cluster is consuming this much. The namespace inside the cluster is consuming this much, and the each utilization of, or whether it is a pod, whatever it is consuming this much. Because when you speak about cluster, you need to speak everything, right? You you should have that granular level, you know, what is contributing a cluster. Because cluster by itself, it doesn't make any value unless you you put the beneath layer. So if okay. once you have that breakdown, then you should you should uh, as the next step. Once you still you are you are not uh, getting about you know what you want, you may go into the Kubernetes place based cost management tools like you know lens or cube cost or fair okay. insights which actually gives breakdown of even further level also it it actually gives the recommendations you know based on what you can be doing so what now we have is uh, you have you know proper insights of the current system and uh, you have recommendations that is built on top of it you have that map to a uh, cloud provider because at the end of the day you in-house everything into a cloud provider you're going to pay to that cloud provider Right. Once you have this map, then you match to the workflows that has been based on the projections we spoke in the previous expo. Right. Your business projection is so and so, and you are meeting that demand. You should create uh, clusters, and also you should also see you know where my audience are coming from. You may create an e-commerce portal that is in, uh, running in India. Maybe your audience may be within India. Right. You don't uh, you don't mind building clusters within India in different cities of the world. Sorry, different cities of the country. Thank you for that. But if you, it is a distributor system like in a Facebook or Twitter, you should you should actually looking at you know distributing all over the world. That's where the clusters placement comes in. You you know what what you need to do. Then the placement comes in. Then the monitor system maybe you can leverage uh, its services to uh, CDN kind of stuff to you know to route the traffic to the nearest user to the nearest resource. So if if you have everything cohesively arranged in that way, then Obviously, the continuous monitoring comes place, and you monitor for a certain period of time. It's it's an ever going process. You know, then you can you can tap the cost. You know, it's based on uh, utilization. You know, very frequently. I think I think it, it's not a single uh, action or single task. You say that you know you do this, you'll you'll get this. It's a kind of a constant evolution, which starts with you know first understanding the insights of what actually you are running on. Thank you for that, Govardhan. So while you were mentioning about uh, the core recommendations and insights from different tools, and they can add a lot of value to the uh, cost optimization, I can understand. So while you were talking about that, I'm just thinking. So what do you think? Are there any specific tools or services that can help in uh, cost-saving opportunities in Kubernetes environment? Oh, yeah. Actually, we started uh, that discussion in previous question itself. We covered uh, almost it. But let me recap of that. Actually, Kube in a shorter format, you know, uh, Kubernetes itself provides, you know, in-house dashboard, which we call as Kubernetes dashboard, which will give you a breakdown of the resource utilization. It's a kind of, of dashboard. That That's the starting point of insight. On top of it, you can add tools like Prometheus and Grafana. Grafana is visualization of the existing data. And uh, Prometheus, something like we can use for monitoring the resources. If you want, you can you can you can use uh, some some instances. They even use ELK, which is kind of Elasticsearch, Logstash, and Kibana. There are different combinations of tools that is been available over there. The idea here is you should you should have a mechanism to pull the data and filter or cleanse the data and push up into a uh, visualization form. 
So this is where this insights uh, backend cycle runs on, right? So this elastic search or whatever the dashboard we are speaking about, it pulls the data from different resources. Like, you know, it can be pod data, namespace data, uh, based on metrics or like, you know, what is the CPU utilization? What is the memory utilization? You know, what is the threshold of it? So once you pull this data where we are at, then we cleanse the data or filter the data in a consumable form, right? Imagine that you run about, you know, uh, 500 to 600 uh, pods. Looking all the all the data doesn't make any sense, right? You should be able to organize it, right? Based on the environment or based on the namespace or based on the parameter you would like to look into, you filter that or you, you actually make it in an organized format which you are curious to look into. That, that we do in as a middle layer. After that, we push that to a dashboard. It can be a Grafana or it can be a Kibana. Kibana is mostly for logging, uh, logging stuff. And the Grafana is a better for you know, monitoring stuff. So uh, both are visualizations. Even uh, cloud providers itself, you know, they have different uh, uh, visualization boards or monitoring systems like CloudWatch or Athena, if you're connected with S3, et cetera. You can leverage any tool like that and visualize it. Like, like you know, visualize it based on the parameter you set it up, and also you set it up alerts so that you know you don't need to look into the dashboard or or some resource has to. You say that you know if, if my filter is if CPU utilization is greater than seventy percent in particular namespace, trigger me a Slack message or trigger me an email so that you know this alerting mechanism system builds up the insights part of the Kubernetes. Once you build, this is really crucial, you know, without knowing the maturity of the current state, maturity of where we are, you can't be able to, uh, you will be treating only the symptom, you can't be able to treat the actual law, uh, so, root cause behind, right? Once you have this insights mechanism build up with, uh, what are the tools I suggest? There are plenty of tools, you know, you can, once you build up that, then as you as 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 i was mentioning in my previous question as everything is run on top of a cloud whether it can be an aws or google cloud or azure they have certain data right they may not give to a level of you know what is the namespace uh, is consuming but they give to the level of resource they are hosting it can be any case uh, cluster they are running in or it can be easy to mission where you actually leveraging it or it is storage they have different forms of it right you try to map the insights you get with the cost explorer uh, data that has been cloud uh, partner is providing you. Just see, you know, whether it is making any sense. If, if your insights is telling some story, but cloud explorer is actually uh, asking you to pay more or asking you to play less, you know, there is something fundamentally, you know, a mismatch. You should need to understand, you know, whether my insights is matching to what I'm paying. If you establish that uh, correlation between these two, then you look into how you need to go to the level of uh, picking a particular resource and try to see whether it is an ideal, whether it is unused, or if it is used, how much of it is leveraging to my business or how much of it is needed for the application to serve to my workload. You should, you should build that uh, matrix or you should build that kind of a knowledge at the third level. For that, you, you have different resources like tools like Lens, which will actually tell you, you know, uh, where the classification of it are tools like Cubecast, are tools like Fairwind Insights, I was telling, which actually uh, provide you suggestions like, you know, okay, based on the best practices, what you're doing is good, but if you do this, you may be going to the best, or what you're doing is completely insane to the best principles. Uh, there are principles, but all the business need not to follow it because they're not all into organization, right? But these tools will break down your, uh, what do you say, insights into a kind of and uh, suggestions.
where you can able to act on it or ignore it based on the decision you make. So I believe I drilled down the process of uh, you know how you how you need to go about this. You absolutely did go ahead. And it's true that the native cloud providers themselves are coming with a certain amount of data, uh, the significant amount of data that we can utilize to optimize our cost. True. And in order to uh, get more than that, if you are looking for something else, uh, when you look at your goals, you need something else also. Then we can go to the other list of tools that you have mentioned. And to add one more to the list, let me add Cloud Caddy, our old tool. We do a brilliant job when it comes to Kubernetes cost optimization. So the best part is it's completely non-intrusive. Unlike the other uh, uh, tools in the market, you don't have to uh, worry about the data breach and uh, uh, the intrusion of all the data, confidential data. It stays just within the customer's environment and dust the thing. So uh, I'm just adding, I'm ju just doing a little marketing over here. And uh, so I'm also thinking of this uh, go ahead then. So right sizing, you also mentioned that uh, having the necessary amount of Kubernetes resources is very important. So don't just go for 40% uh, of improvement all of a sudden without knowing what you actually need. So when you spoke about that, so what are some best practices for right-sizing Kubernetes resources so that the yeah. over-provisioning is not there and the cost mm -hmm. or overrun is not there? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll start with the basics of it. Uh, maybe uh, when you are running a Kubernetes environment, I presume that you enable, uh, uh, it, it, that is, you can leverage actually uh, our general port autoscaler, which is tied up with your consumption. That is the basic I can see, you know, which you need to, because vertical autoscaling is optional. But uh, uh, horizontal pod autoscaler is actually must, I can say, you know, uh, because you, you, you are not going to presume things. Because as I was recently mentioning with someone as well, if you want a big elephant, as we presume that, you know, you need a big elephant of uh, 1,000 tons for your use, maybe the right sizing will be 100 tons. You just need a small elephant. But you okay. assume that you need a big elephant, but you don't need it. Okay. Who sets this, uh, the size of an elephant? you can't right you can't you can't run on presumptions it should it should be workload driven it should be data driven data has to tell data has to input something else so this uh part of a scaler actually looks into your data and sees that you know how much is needed right then it will it will propagate that right amount of replicas it is going to have two parts running based on the data it will going to make it four parts or eight parts so that your traffic is not uh, actually disturbed and it has been uh, insanely not used as well based on your requirement, right? And the point I see is uh, there is something called taint and tolerance in Kubernetes. Like you are splitting, uh, I can say, you know, you are splitting the traffic into two parts. One is uh, uh, very crucial traffic, which is not, which is like in you know, a production load, etc. Because Kubernetes need not be used always in production, right? You're going to use it in staging. You're going to use it in some other environment or some other uh, project, which is very, very less critical. But you are treating both both uh, intensive loads and non-intensive loads, critical and non-critical, in the same bucket. You are going to increase your size. You are going to go for you know bigger cast billing. So what you do is you need to split intensive, non-intensive, critical, non-critical loads. And use tainting. Tainting will decide that you know, okay, based on my my requirement, you know, this is this is how I'm going to use it. I use cheaper uh, options for non-critical loads. It's okay. 
right then that decision will be come with tainting and uh, tolerance of course for affinity and uh, anti affinity can also come in that way another thing is for destruction budget for destruction budget helps that you know it actually dictates how many how many resources can go down at a particular bit of time to decide that what what actually it assures is it will not allow you to over provision because you are you you already know that you know even if something goes down there is one endurer who will be staying up and away or he's he's the last to leave my office he's going to be there even for five fighting you will be in a better space that you know you don't bother to over provision if you don't have that for disruption budget what happens is even a small disruption you think that you know oh if all my cluster goes down i'm not going to serve purpose then you do over provisioning it's a kind of a psychological thing that right? if you have you have a safety net over provisioning will be out of the way you think that okay minimally i'm safe i'm insured that actually for disruption budget actually helps in that case so that you know there will be endurer and you don't over provision the things then as you as you measure the metrics and have all these basics covered and you build a knowledge that build a knowledge of your application it's it's not about kubernetes you need to build the knowledge people actually think that you need to be expert in kubernetes it is but it should have knowledge on your application what is what is actually consumed at what point it has been consumed you should build that knowledge after that knowledge you see that hey okay my my application is not at all used in particular period of time for particular days of time i i know a client who is in event management his application is really really useful only in christmas time other parts he is not but still he is running in on demand instances i don't see a point i asked him to move to the spot instances because spot instances we 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 did not debate on how much discount it makes it's it's analogy like you know there are pre booked seats seats there are unbooked seats unbooked seats at the last moment will be available at a discount price it can be from 10% to the 90% earlier it used to be 90% now the debate is like it is about only 10% 50% but whatever it is at any point it is way cheaper than on demand so once you have the knowledge of your application you decide that you know this is not critical load this is not at all used you shift to the spot instances so that you are going to leverage and use that cast the right sizing also comes in that way right at the end of the day we are talking mixing many aspects but it is talking to the same objective right right sizing is equal to the uh, cost optimization so so just a recap if you have taint and tolerance if you have for distribution budget you should have knowledge on your application you know along with the knowledge of kubernetes uh, you should have more knowledge on application than kubernetes to get the best of that leverage uh, metrics to understand where where actually it is been spiked out where actually it is utterly unused then then you you figure it out you know how many tons of elephant you need it should be probably 200 tons but you are paying for oh, okay yeah that's great so that's a huge analysis and uh, and a long list as well hope the listeners made a note of it so that's mm-hmm. cool so govardhan you have so far covered a broad spectrum of ways to optimize the kubernetes cost so now comes the tricky part the performance so mm-hmm. how the companies strike the right balance and get into the sweet spot between cost reduction and maintaining the high performance levels in okay. kubernetes okay uh many businesses are in are in a presumption that you know if i use high performance clusters like in you know, a hpc my performance would be way better or if i use better uh, uh, better flavor of uh, what do you say uh, the cloud providers if i use the best out of the best intra i'll have a better performance 
it's not like that it's about you know how you actually uh, orchestrate your resources there are multiple moving parts here right you have let's okay. say you have cicd where actually it pulls up your image builds it and deploys it if your image is not lightweight it is not isolated even though you you have a better better you know uh, clusters running on a best of the best uh, infra it's going to take take time it's going to take latency it's going to do you know lot of lot of you know cost wastage so we should we should think on that part as well so uh, long story short you know first you should have your performance metrics like you know if so and so load anyway you know i'll not go down below 80% of it okay even if it is costing me i'm going to pay the cost if even it is it takes scaling i'm going to do it if any it is automation i'm going to do it so you should have that based on any business running on kubernetes or any infra or any matter you know should have performance based on once you have that performance based on what it tells us okay this is fixed this is unchanged what needs to be done to map this up then you then you can think about you know uh, better utilization of resources then you list down the resources i need right we we already discussed so many topics like you know spot instances spot budget whatever it is we have yes. a lot of because of moving parts here if it is in storage if it is in uh, operating application level then we we see that you know how my application is uh, operating at different environments for that we can we in short i say that say it as you know uh, cost uh, cost intuitive uh, development like you know while developing it itself you should you should see the application performance of an of an code it's not like the same logic can be evolved in multiple ways but how effective it is how easy it is to make it as a lightweight that makes sense right you should go for cloud native you should go for microservices this all we discussed so you should start that intuition with development stage itself so that the performance will always be better because i see uh, more and more there is a debate that you know the performance is impacting because of infra no it is impacting because of application at the end of the day it's about memory leaks like you know there are so many debates goes on but it is in collaborating effect if the development team is aware of you know cost implication or performance implication while writing a code if devops team or platform team is aware of you know how they need to maintain the uh, registries or the image registry that is been used for kubernetes in a cost effective way and uh, and emphasis application team or the decision makers and making it as a lightweight so that i don't need to build 1 gb of an image i can make it as a 200 mb it is lightweight the platform team or development devops team can pitch in in that then the infra team or whoever builds this clusters can in a better shape to map the uh total influence that is actually goes in line with the performance metrics in that case the businesses need not uh what do you say trade off the performance for uh, for uh, cost cutting all right so performance metrics that's the key here yes. start from there and everything will fall in place yes. got yes. it with this uh, we have marked the end of today's episode govardhan thank you for being here with us and sharing your uh, uh, insights that was really flowing across so what is your view on cloud tech talks it's really good right because uh, knowledge compounds i don't say even multiplies knowledge compounds when you share it i i take a pleasure of sharing it that's why you see a lot of my linkedin posts are they are really really complex uh, topics it took a while for me to understand it the intention of writing is if someone else would have created it 
I will not uh, I will not create this right. It's already in there. There was no one who actually encapsulated in a form visual institutions that tells that you know you can you can pick a knowledge in in this sense. You can pick a knowledge within seconds. That's the starting point. That's the curiosity. If you build that curiosity, technology is next. Technology is always next for me. It's about the curiosity. What do you do? I get a bunch of curiosity when I talk with community. I take really uh, pleasure or a sense of satisfaction if I say that this kind of debates helps someone adds values uh, to someone. Also, I learned something out of this, right? Some of the questions you asked, you know, it triggered or uh, it took me to the past and uh, it triggered to a uh, actual, physically I was here, but it translated to a, a time zone where actually I was building it. <laughs> so if I'm talking it, then, then my mind is over there, how I did it, right? Then my mind again asks me, uh, how, how could you have made it different? You may not be efficient, right? Uh, you, you would have designed certain way, but it would have been done in a better way. How, how you to do it? Maybe that question actually will be helpful for the upcoming engagements I do, the clients I talk, the CEOs I speak with now. So as I was telling two days back, one monitoring has took, that is really bugging me for the last two days. How come one cluster costs 18K, but the monitoring costs 40K, right? It's, it's out of the world. But Imagine if it is runs for a bank like, you know, Daishatra Bank or Wells Fargo, the, the volume is huge. It would be in millions. People may not realize that, right? So that's the opportunity or that's the pain area, real world pain area. Maybe I'm, I'm curious to solve. Let's see how, how, how it can be done. That should, it will happen. We are hoping for the same. Glad to know that uh, you felt happy about being a part of Cloud Tech Talks. So, of course, as you said, Knowledge is supposed to compound uh, when yeah. it is shared. So that's the ultimate aim of Cloud Tech Talks, helping the fellow cloud practitioners across the world with whatever we have gained. The little knowledge that we have, we want to share yeah. it and make everyone's life easier. So that's the ultimate aim. Thank you for being a part of it. Listeners, before logging off, don't forget to hit the subscribe button for the latest episode notifications. And we'll catch you soon with yet another interesting cloud topic and even more interesting club expert. Till then, enjoy your club journey. Thank you.